Hello, and welcome to Human Is My Label. This is your host, Emily Purry. I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sibling, and a former athlete. I work full time. I am the founder of Rapid, a nonprofit organization, and I'm legally blind. I am so excited about opening the conversation about everything equity. We will primarily be talking about disability, as that is my lived experience, and it is often the minority left out of the equity conversation. I am passionate about equity for all identities, as I have family members from the communities of color, LGBTQIA, disabilities, and we span all ages. It is my goal to normalize these conversations, get people comfortable with the uncomfortable, and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Human is My Label. This is your host, Emily Purry, and I have a very exciting episode to, for you, all of you today. I have four of my now friends on the line with me today, so it should be a little chaotic, but we all met each other for the first time during guide dog school. So this is to build on International Guide Dog Day from last week's episode. If you haven't heard that episode with Sarah Rister, and she's a puppy raiser for Guiding Eyes. Now, all four of us received our guide dogs from Guiding Eyes, and we were in New York for the three weeks training with our guide dogs. And so I thought it would be a great follow-up to our episode last week. So I'm gonna take a moment and let everyone introduce themselves. And so Annette, why don't you take us away? Hi there, this is, my name is Annette Williams and I am legally blind um, or a high partial, as we sometimes say. Um, I have a sweet baby girl named yellow lab named Jenny and she is a running guide and we have run some races together and this is pretty exciting and where are you located oh I'm sorry I thought I said that Chattanooga Tennessee Perfect. down here in the south <laughs> and Barb hi I'm Barb Martin um I am living in Randolph Township New Jersey and I am very retired. I've been retired since 92. And my guide dog, Danish, has before this coronavirus given me a whole new outlook on life. She's been taking me to shows and plays and museums. We've been hopping around New York and we've been, she, she gave me grace. This this girl, my love of my life has given me grace. And um, I am blessed to have met this wonderful group of people as well. And I have to say, Guiding Eyes for the Blind of New York is my favorite place in the world. They are just amazing. <laughs> they have done such miracles for us. They really have. So... And okay. Barb, what's your sight acuity at this point? Okay, I am legally blind. I have no vision in one eye. The other eye is uh, very, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, Christy. Hey, um, I'm Christy Havey from Temperance, Michigan. So kind of the southeast corner there. And I just held up my hand in the mitten like y'all can see it. You know, us <laughs> Michigan people, we, we all hold up the hand. So um, 
I am visually impaired, white female. Uh, I am a massage therapist, and I've been doing that for about five years. Um, my little fella, Clancy, he's my seeing eye dog. He's from Guiding Eyes, of course. And he is a black lab, and he's a nutcase, <laughs> and I love him to pieces. And I think that's all about me. Yeah. Perfect. And I am your host, Emily Purry. I am legally blind, as I tend to identify as. I still have sight in both eyes, but my central vision is um, significantly progressing. And so I think about 2,400 at this point. Um, I have Bevy, which many of you have heard about, German Shepherd, and she's about five years old. And I am in Oregon. I don't know if I mentioned that. So, Patty. Hello, my name is Patty Lane, and I live in Oklahoma City, and I am legally blind with correction, and for the most part of my life, I was at 2,200, and in the past five years, it's starting to decrease, and so my guide dog's name is Truffle, and my guide dog has been significant in the last couple of years to keep my independence mm, i am currently retired maybe i should just say and i'm retired secondary to my visual loss in the past five years own it <laughs> so everyone as you can see this has been an opportunity for all of us five women here in this in this group to connect from Oregon to New Jersey, Michigan, Tennessee, and Oklahoma. We would have never met each other before had it not been for these amazing dogs and this amazing opportunity from Guiding Eyes. Um, for those of you who haven't listened to the previous episode yet, one of the programs, one of the options for getting receiving a guide dog is to go over to New York and stay for three weeks while basically we are being trained. The dogs are plenty trained, but um, there's other options for home training and definitely more options now because of COVID. This was all pre-COVID. So the point of this episode and the reason why I wanted to bring all these amazing ladies on is because we are all so incredibly different and our sight is so incredibly different, even though we are all categorized as legally blind. And to have a group of people, we use the app called WhatsApp and I think it's so much more effective than text messaging, number one, because text messaging can be difficult for folks with visual impairment, but also we've heard each other's voices. Uh, we can hear the tone and the inflection in our voices when we get on there and tell our stories and have our griping and have our positive moments and have our, our celebrations about especially things with our guide dog. And so I think if it hadn't been for that app, thank you, Christy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I would have stayed in touch with all these folks, not because of anything other than it's so much more personal when you can hear their voices. Um, and so I think it's made a huge difference in all of us staying together for going on three, two, well, two years will be November. Is that right? Or three years? It's almost three, three years. years. Yeah. Three years. Two three years. November. Holy moly. Yeah. And so for us, never, none of us, I think, Christy and Annette, did you guys see each other once? Yes. yes. Christy and Annette saw each other once, and I saw Patty once in Arizona. But other than that, in the last three years, none of us have seen each other in person. Um, and so it's really been an awesome friendship. And it has given us all a space to go to when we're having a bad day, when we're having a good day, when good things happen, and when really bad things happen. And so I thought it was really fun to bring this group together to tell you 
how much these guide dogs are not just pets to us. They are not a convenience all the time. They are not just a warm, cuddly friend on our side, but really the differences they make in our lives as well as you know challenges we face with them. And so that brings me in my first question for all of you. Um, how has having a guide dog changed your life? So before I get into this question, um, Christy is the only one who has had more than one guide dog. So Annette, Barb, and myself, and Patty, we are all first-time guide dog users. So you'll hear the differences in that perspective. Um, but in the last three years, Annette, how has having, having a guide dog changed your life? It has been awesome, uh, especially with her being a running guide. Uh, I've been able to... Um, have the freedom to go out and run when I don't have a sight, a sighted person with me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been hard this summer because we've done a lot of running uh, this past fall and winter when it was cooler. And she has been amazing. Uh, even the last real run that we did was 11 miles. Mm -hmm. And she was awesome and kept me safe and kept me going. And it was wonderful, but then the heat came and she's like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> and so that, that's, you know, that's okay though. But, um, she has, um, just opened up new worlds for me. Hello everyone. I'm so excited to introduce to all of you, Tim Salem, the sponsor of our podcast today. And Tim is with Remax Equity Group, and man, he's different than all the thousands of agents you probably already know. When you're looking to buy or sell a home, and you want somebody who cares, you want somebody who is patient, you want somebody who gives great advice, and you want somebody who is going to get you what you need, you need to call Tim. Been, you know, a sweet little thing to have around. Absolutely. Barb, how has your life changed since having a guide dog? In good and bad well, ways. Well, it was, okay, so it was really pretty significant. Um, you know, I was so used to functioning on a higher level because my vision was sort of like what Patty described. It was no vision in one eye, but I was 2200 for years. And I was able to function. I didn't know how bad my vision was. My parents never even told me. I was, I was shocked when the doctor first told me that I had, uh, that I was legally blind. I go, what? You know, and I mean, I used to ride around with my daughter on the back of my bike, you know, <laughs> to this day, she says to me, mom, what was wrong with you? You know, how could you do that? But I didn't know. I really didn't know. I thought everyone in the world saw just as bad as I did. And so I just went ahead and just did everything I wanted to do. I knew I couldn't drive a car. That was about it. Um, but what happened was, um, I guess I finally had to retire from working in 1992 because my vision started getting much worse and it started um, deteriorating slowly over the years. And I was, I got to the point where I still did whatever I wanted to do, but my friends were looking at me and saying, you know, you really shouldn't, don't go into New York, <laughs> it's dangerous. I was like, tentatively taking steps because I was afraid I would fall down a flight of steps or even down a curb or I, I couldn't really manage navigate 
I couldn't really navigate my environment. Uh, I felt like I thought I could because I used to do it, but so I still kept doing everything, but I kept, um, I slowed down. I started crawling instead of walking, if you know what I mean. And I decided that I wanted to get a guide dog. I didn't like the idea of a cane. I was, I thought a cane would, um, first of all, I didn't like the feeling of, of feeling like I was handicapped and needed a cane. Also, I felt like if I keep going into New York, it would make me more of a target. Sure. I would look, um, I would look like I was vulnerable with a cane. And when, I, so I was told, okay, well, you want a guide dog, you better learn how to use that cane. Sure. And so I trained with mobility for about a year and a half. And I learned how to use the cane. And I found that it was helpful, but I was still going really slowly because with the cane, you have to like feel your environment and you still move relatively slow, a little faster than I was when I was tapping the floor to see if there was a step or something I would trip (laughs) on. And then um, I finally was able to go to Guiding Eyes and get Danish. That's my, my girl, her name is Danish. We bonded immediately. And I felt like I've had her all my life. We immediately started walking and I started walking with Grace. I don't know. I think I got the fastest dog there. This dog just takes off and I take off right with her. Oh, and... I got a race car myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would. You know what? We should actually have a relay race sometime and find out. We should. Uh, absolutely. You know, but she really, I mean, I take her, I, when I took her into New York, I mean, she would just get me through crowds. I would go in it. There would be, you know what it's like wall-to-wall people at rush hour. She would get me through everyone safely. She would, there were scaffolding all over the city. She would get me around the scaffolding. She took me to museums. I went to places where the steps were incredibly strange. It would be strange for anyone. And yet she managed to negotiate those steps. She negotiates escalators she negotiates revolving doors and elevators she has just given me a whole new a a whole new aspect of life that was starting to be lost to me and she made travel possible for me and my husband and so yes danish has totally changed my life in that way and i could go on but i think we need to give someone else a chance to talk (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Christy, this is your third guide dog. And so you've had one for how long? And what was the difference between, I know you were really, you were 16, I believe, when you had your first one. But what's the difference between your childhood and then now your your adulthood with a dog? So I actually was 20 when I got 20, my first okay. dog. Um, I've had guide dogs since 2003. And actually, May 7th is going to be my anniversary of getting a guide dog. May 7th was the day that Reba, my first guide, walked into my life. And I've had a guide dog at my side pretty much the entire 18 years. There was three weeks between her and my second dog. There was a day or two between my second and my current dog. Mm -hmm. So it's been a long time. Now, I've, I've grown up. I've been visually impaired since birth. And so I grew up learning about guide dogs and I've learned mobility at a very young age. Um, I think I was a teenager when I started really considering guide dogs. And of course you had to be a certain age um, so that they could make sure that you have the capability to care for the dog, to 
because um, the dog is your responsibility. So mm -hmm. that's why they impose the age limit on a lot of the schools. I think there's only one that doesn't. But um, so I got my first dog when I was in college and I had already been at the college for about two years okay. and I was using the cane and I really wanted one. And my, my parents, we were going back and forth like, well, are you, you know, are you sure you're ready? This and that. Are you sure you know what you're doing? And because as we'll talk about later, you know, sometimes having a guide dog isn't always the greatest. You know, I can sit here, I can sit here in 99 times out of 100 and, and give you all kinds of fluffy stories about my sweet, adorable labs. But there are some, there are some things that, yeah. So, you know, you have to weigh those things when you're deciding to get one. And so I was, I remember walking around on campus with my cane and I ended up, it was at night and I was pretty good with the cane. I mean, that was my mode of transportation. It was my way of getting around. I was competent, competent, confident, everything else in between with the cane. So I was going along trying to get to the fine arts building and I tripped over a cement wall mm. and it was about knee height mm. and I tripped over this wall now the cane had kind of gone to one side of it and I hit it with my knees and it just it, it took me out and I tripped and I hit the cement with my teeth oh and I still have that chip in my tooth I will add oh. <laughs> and it was the most traumatizing oh. thing for me because I was like I'm blind and I'm using my cane it wasn't even that I was not using it and I still and then there was another incident where I ran into a sign and actually broke my cane oh wow Ugh. and so between those two incidents I said you know what it's it's time now my vision does change over time as well I've always like I said been visually impaired my whole life um but I have been able to see a little bit of peripheral, so out of the sides of my eyes, nothing in the front, really. And But it does, I do lose some acuity over time. I don't know the numbers of what my actual acuity is. I just know there ain't much there. <laughs> so, but, you know, it, it does change. And so I, I finally, I applied. My first dog was not from Guiding Eyes. She was from Leader in Michigan. And I applied, got her, and I've been... I've been working them ever since and I will say the first time the first time I picked up the harness and walked with her it was it was terrifying it was <laughs> because it's it's a whole different feel because she was pulling me and I was putting my trust in a dog mm -hmm. and just like what if this dog sees a squirrel and she's a young pup and what if she I know she's trained but and you got to understand, Reba was my hell child. I love her. I loved her very much, but she was a hell child. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was hard to put that trust in her. Mm. Um, her she and I did not bond for a couple of years. We, we just, we had a rough start of it. I was a new handler. She was a stubborn dog and she knew I was new and she took advantage of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so it was, it was not the bells and roses that sometimes first time handlers have. It was, but it was something I would not trade for the world because it was a learning experience. It made me stronger as a person. It made me more independent. I feel like it made me more in tune and it, it prepared me for dog number two. And he was a breeze. <laughs> he was an angel. <laughs> 
So, you know, and, and that, that independence is something you can't, you can't put words to, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about it, but just being able to, once you, once you have that trust, being able to rely on the fact that my dog is going to take me around things and, and they said that they're not perfect. I've run into things still, but I can say I have not tripped over a cement wall and chipped another tooth since mm. I've had a cat dog. So that's, Ooh. that's success, you know, and <laughs> And I, I love them. I love all of them. They all have their place in my heart. And I will never be without a guide dog, no mm. matter no matter what the, the negatives are. The positives way, 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 way outweigh the negatives. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my story is very similar to Barb's. You know, I always have done what I wanted to do. And because of the progression, progression in my vision, um, it was time and I was noticing my safety and my hesitation when I got close to a curb, but I didn't know where the edge was. Like I could, I knew there was something coming because I could see it, but I couldn't focus on it enough to find it, if you will. And so I started hesitating. I started, if I saw a yellow line on the, the concrete, I assumed it was a step or I didn't know if it was or not. And so then I got started getting really scared. And so um, because I was working um, downtown and I was doing a lot more traveling on my own as far as, you know, an Uber and Lyft and doing presentations and speaking gigs and going to new environments, I think that was the biggest um, eye opener for myself. Uh, when I was in my previous job for five years, I knew the building inside and out. I knew the, the streets around it inside and out. So it wasn't as big of a concern, if you will, because I memorized everything. I, I knew which curves were what, I knew where the sidewalks broke or didn't break. It was when I was going to all these new places that I started getting really scared and nervous. And it just added to my stress of transportation. Transportation has always been my biggest stressor in my life, whether it's working or personal, but I'd get a Lyft or an Uber and then I wouldn't know where I was going or what, you know, what door to find. And so I was always nervous about that. But then I was nervous about tripping or falling or falling downstairs, like, like Barb said. Um, and so that's when I realized it was time. And for me, it's always been the acceptance piece. I think Patty and I have talked about this a lot, the acceptance of uh, actually having to admit that we're at that point in our vision loss, actually having to be different, um, not being able to fake it anymore. And so for me, when I got that call of, uh, we have a match for you, pardon my friends, but my first thing was, oh shit, <laughs> am I ready for this? Because it's not just, usually when you apply, and I applied for a shepherd, so they say, you know, anywhere from a year or more um, before you get a shepherd. And so I was ready, but I wasn't ready. And I was like, oh my gosh, I looked at my husband, I said, can I do this? Can I be the blind person with the guide dog? Can I, am I okay with this? How do I? And so it took that, it was a little bit over three weeks. And I was like, I, I, I need this and it's okay. I avoided using the cane at all costs as well. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't want to use it. I don't know why. I don't look down on people for using it, but for me, it wasn't the solution. And so when I got Bevy, it was a lot of my own work. She knew when I was hesitating, she knew when I didn't trust her and she still does. 
And she also knows when I need her the most. And I think that's been the most eye-opening thing to me is she is stubborn and a total pain, uh, especially when she thinks I'm just training her. <laughs> like obedience, she's like, this is stupid because you know I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but if I make her stop at the curves, but she knows that I can see them or I know like if we're in our neighborhood, she looks at me like, you idiot, you know, I can see that and I, you can see that and we don't have to stop. But <laughs> so she gives me a lot of attitude. But um, I think what Sarah said last week on the thing about shepherds is not, they're not cuddly all the time. They're not affectionate dogs. They, they show you their affection by their actions. And it's the constant reminder that I have somebody that has my back all the time. And we have had a lot of struggles with her stubbornness and as well as my stubbornness um, of trusting and me letting go of being in control. That's been my biggest um, struggle with Bevy. But, um, it allows me to walk down the street and not feel like I'm in danger. She has allowed me the confidence to walk in a room because most of the time she's distracting everyone. So nobody cares about me, which is great. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, just the always having somebody and not having to ask my husband to take me down the street or my kids or my whoever to help me. And just to know that Bevy's got my back and it was, really until the last week of school where I really realized it. And I talked about this last week is when we walking through the streets, like I felt like I had a fairly good grasp on her and I, um, on where we were going and being able to me see enough, but trust her enough. But it wasn't until we did that night walk and it was on the side of a highway and she knew I could not see anything for the first time in our training. She knew that she needed to be focused she knew that I was completely trusting her to get me from point A to point B because I couldn't see anything. Um, and it was in that moment that I said, this dog is going to have my back and we're going to fight and we're going to struggle and we're going to be stubborn together. But it was just an awesome, I'm so glad I did the night walk. Um, it was one of the most uh, kind of pivotal moments in my mind as far as her and I getting through it. Um, and so so yeah, just having that trust in a, in a dog and it's hard. It's so hard to let go for me. For me, that's probably the biggest thing is saying she's got me, but I know it intellectually just making that happen. So Emily, I have to agree on the, on the night walk. That mm -hmm. was when I, you know, cause during the day there was a lot of times that I really was, you know, trying to trust Jenny, but the night walk, I was like, it was just so amazing because I couldn't fake it. I, yeah, you know, you I, I had to trust her. Yeah. So I totally agree on that. Yeah. I think the high partials or the, you know, high, more, more, more sighted of us. Um, it, it is hard to just let yourself go, but they put you in that situation where you have to, and that's great. It's hard for me. And I have the least vision of all mm -hmm. of us, but I mm -hmm. do have some, and even dog number three, y'all, I can, I can remember Miranda <laughs> fussing at me, quit looking. Quit looking because I'd be, I'd be, and I'm like, how do you know? She goes, you turn your head. I can see you looking for the curb. Quit looking. And I'm like, okay. All right. Oh, good old Miranda. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Okay, Patty. How has little Miss uh, Truffle changed your life? Well, it took, a, it took me a long time 
to get here with Truff because my dear friend, I uh, had to have been at least 10 or 15 years ago. We were going into a restaurant and it became really dark, which is hard, of course, mm-hmm. for me. And but I was still seeing as I felt like fabulously. And <laughs> I mean, and she said, you need to get a guide dog. And I was so insulted. I was just like <laughs> completely put out. I'm like, what in the world are you saying? <laughs> well, so fast forward 15 years. And anyway, my I used to call my husband, my seeing eye husband as my vision started to change. And then he, Anyway, he passed away. And so after that, it was like, okay, now I've got to make a change. Mm -hmm. So my friend, I actually met with a guy who's totally blind. And he told me I would have to be, I'd have to use a cane prior to getting a dog. And I'm like, won't do that. Mm -mm -mm." He's (laughs) He's like, what do you mean? Okay. So when they first came out, so then I finally decided, okay, I'll do it. And the woman came out to start my training and she said, okay, let's go outside and walk down the block. Uh I said, with the cane? (laughs) (laughs) And she she said, "Uh, yeah, that's what we're training. And I said, oh, oh, I can't do that here in front of my neighbor. (laughs) She was like, well, I might as well just pack up because, you know, if you can't walk down the street. So anyway, I gently move forward and and here i am today with my with truffle and the thing i mean when i first got truffle i mean when we for the first year i saw much better than i do now and we were so in tune and uh, made me independent again i wouldn't have to to hold my friend's arms walking anywhere you know i had my independence back she walked as fast as I do, we usually, I mean, all my friends would go, could you please slow her down? You cannot keep up. <laughs> so I really like that. But the biggest thing is, like with anyone else, when she can feel when I get anxious, like, so I really can't see and I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I am. She tends to pull so much harder on me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I gotcha. Come on, let's go. She knows when... I tend to hesitate and it's just been remarkable that if it weren't for her, I would have so much less ability to function on my own, i.e. going to doctor's appointments, meeting someone for lunch, whatever it may be. It's just the independence of having her is phenomenal. And I agree with Christy. It's not all, you know, fun. Like last night I went to a party at some a friend of mine's house and I didn't know their house and so I took truffle but then when I got there I could actually see everything and then I wish you know there's sometimes that guide dogs are more difficult than they are help and but I didn't know mm-hmm. what the house was so I certainly took her but then you know as we're having dinner and everything that you do at a at someone's home instead of being at a restaurant or something you move around more and so just you know it made it's hard to decide she goes with me most everywhere except for people's homes that i know mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know what i'm it, and then then when you take her to someone's home it it sometimes is a really great thing and sometimes it 
makes it more difficult. So mm -hmm. there are times where you really have to think about what you're doing. And then my option is, well, should I just take my cane and leave truffle at home? I'm like, uh, well, I've done that before, but have I ever used it? No. <laughs> Such an interesting thing. I don't know what the stigma is with the mm -hmm. cane, oh. but I never felt that stigma with truffle. I mean, everyone is so positive. They comment on her constantly. They know her name most more than mine. <laughs> We're out. And so it's really positive. When I was using a cane, I asked them, I said, could I spray paint a cane the color of like my clothes so people wouldn't notice it as much? <laughs> and they were like, well, hence, that's why you have the white cane. So they uh -huh. know you can't see. I was like, oh, shoot. Anyway, <laughs> but I never felt that with, I never have felt that with truffle. I've never been embarrassed and there shouldn't be any embarrassment about having a visual impairment, but for some reason, it took me a long time, but so I glad think, I'm here. I think the cane too is for me, it was a confidence thing. I mean, yes, I used it, but I hated it. And I think I hated it because I didn't really feel that safe with it, you know, yeah. to each their own. Everybody, everybody uses different things and that's fine. That's great. I'm glad we have options, but yeah. I am so, I am so glad we have the guide dog option because I've I do feel a lot more safe. I feel like I can relax and enjoy the ride because when I have the cane, I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. When I have the dog, the dog's in charge, you know? Yeah. So, and yes, I do have to, I mean, it's not completely autopilot. I have to, um, to do my part in the team as well, but man, there's something different about, cause I've pulled that cane out too. And I, and I'm like, Oh man, I mean, it's, <laughs> It, the trust is just gone. I'm like, I'm putting my trust in this little itty bitty stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and using the cane, I used it truly for the first time going to guiding eyes. <laughs> well, not the yeah. first time. I mean, I had to show I could use it, but only on, you know, days of my training. Right. Yeah. <laughs> going to guiding eyes, I was like, Oh, I can do this on my own with my cane. Everyone will get out of my way. And I was in the Atlanta <laughs> airport. No one got out of my way. Oh, no. You know, no. They don't see it. They don't no. see it like a dog. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's so funny, no. Patty, that you did that with your neighbors because my training <laughs> happened at my job. <laughs> and she yeah. walked out the front door and I was like, okay, we're going to go a little down the street or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, okay, here. And she whipped out like six different cane types. And I'm like, oh no. my God. I'm like, oh my God. No, we can't do this at the front door of my office. Like, oh man. I was freaking out. And I was like, oh my God, somebody's going to see this. I can't. Oh my God. And I, she was like, okay, stop. She's like, what's going on here? I was like, I have faked it all my life. Like I can't, I can't. It's not just you though. Like Ugh. I've, I've been blind my whole life and I'm so mortified too. Like if Ugh. my coworkers ever saw my cane, I, yeah, I'd be I don't very, know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't either. I don't yeah. Someone out there can enlighten us maybe. <laughs> yeah, somebody, but, and it's just this stigma and it's a stigma, but then it's not with the, as much with the dog, obviously no. people treat you differently with the dog, which we'll talk about, but it's a, uh, it's different. It's not the same i don't know what it is but okay let's move on to the next question so patty we're going to start with you this time 
Now, we're not going to talk about the people side of this, but what has been the more difficult side? You kind of touched on this in our last question, but from the dog side, what is the most difficult things you experienced from the dog aspect, not from the people that you interact with, but from the dog? Well, I did touch on that, and that truly is the most difficult for me because in Oklahoma City, we you know go to people's homes a lot for dinner and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, and it's difficult to know whether to take her or not take her or is she going to you know uh like how's she going to deal with the other dogs that live in the uh -huh. home and is that going to disrupt the party or whatever it is that's yeah. been my truly biggest trouble but also just you know like traveling and stuff it's like packing an extra suitcase for <laughs> your dog and making sure you have everything and making sure you know it's just an extra stress on travel for yeah, sure absolutely. I mean but it certainly is helpful getting her through security you know everything about it but I wouldn't trade it I really yeah. wouldn't but you know you no one really thinks of the extra time and certainly not griping mm -hmm. about it but you know, or I'd be out past her dinner feeding time. Let's mm have -hmm. her food. Oh, well, I'll just give her some more treats, you know. <laughs> anyway, so those type of things, really being prepared for going. And yeah. the other, you know, and sometimes people aren't so happy to take your dog. Yeah. You yeah. Know. We'll, get, we'll get into that one. We'll get into that one. I uh, know. <laughs> we don't need to get into it. It's just, you know, it's just how it is. Yeah. Um, for myself, it's the same, especially when I was working, you know, outside of the house. Um, and some days I would have a presentation or a speech or something late at night and I would forget her meal. And I was like, crap. And so you're trying to figure out, like, like Patty said, I didn't, I forgot dinner. I'm not going to be home till nine o'clock. This poor dog. I mean, it's almost like having an infant because you've got to pack water, you've got to pack food you've got to pack the treats you got to pack poop bags you got to make sure you're doing your your ins and outs at the right time so she doesn't have any accidents and if she does it's not her fault because it's a it's a wacky schedule um and so i think that piece and then <laughs> just always having another thing in your hand um <laughs> it's 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 not like you can just switch hands with her or change positions or just have her on the leash or if you're walking down the street and you got a backpack on and a you know like when i travel for speaking engagements i'll have a speaker on my right hand i'll have bevy in my left hand i'll have a backpack on and so it's just the inconvenience of just not having another hand sometimes where you need it um that's where i've tempted to put a saddle on bevy but i don't think she'd appreciate that <laughs> i've like, said that many times <laughs> But yeah, so it's that extra thought and planning, like Patty said, but then also just not necessarily always thinking of it. And then all the things you have to, like a normal, quote unquote, normal person does is you just have one less hand to do it. And so I think that's been the bigger challenge for me. And you get frustrated and you get hot. <laughs> you get, and then at that point, she's channeling your energy of being frustrated and, you know, trying to get her to do what she's supposed to when she's like, I don't know what you're doing, lady, like you're out of sorts. <laughs> and so trying to trying to navigate all that has been one of the hardest things from the dog perspective uh, for me. 
Christy. Um, I would say that mine is probably a few things. One is the unpredictability of the dog sometimes. Mm. Um, sometimes you just don't know. You know, I, I always say being a three-time dog handler now, every time you pick up the harness, every single time you pick up the harness, it's a different situation. It's a different day. It's a different hour. I mm. mean, you know, and it's... And, you you may do something textbook and then an hour later you look like a pair of bumbling idiots you know so it's it's sometimes the unpredictability of of the dog and you can put your trust in the dog all day long but then there's that one incident where you know i'll go back to my hell child she drugged me in, almost into a lake one time after oh a, a duck she <laughs> got away from me pulled so hard she got away from me one time going after a cat oh. um, you know, I mean, and, and she's a dog. That's the thing you got to understand. Yeah. First and yeah. foremost, these dogs are dogs and they're not perfect. Mm -mm. And we're not perfect either. And, but just that, that what, what, <laughs> <laughs> just that, like, what is going to happen? What is, what is going on? You know, is the dog going to have an accident in the middle of a crowded situation? Been there, been there. And it is, it is an embarrassment. You wish you just want to walk away. You know, and, and I've told people before that sometimes I don't tell people that it's a guide dog. <laughs> like, yeah, this is my dog. She's, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I also would agree on the, the hands for or the, the hands thing, not having enough hands. Mm -hmm. um, with three dogs, I've gotten pretty creative on how to carry things and how to just whatever. But especially with dog number two and dog number three, treats were introduced into the training. My first dog, we didn't do treats. Oh. And so having to have that hand free to give yeah. that treat is something that it's like, okay, sorry, bud. My hands are full. You just need to go on a good boy today because I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't get to your treat right now. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's definitely the struggle is real sometimes. Yeah. You look for clothes with pockets these days. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. I, find exactly. it, I find I always want to have something with pockets and you look oh, for the sure. front crossbody i've started doing the front crossbody bags instead yep. of the backpacks yep 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 <laughs> what about you barb what's been the most difficult thing as far as the dog and not necessarily the people uh, well okay so Tra danish is perfect well she is, she really, really is. i want to tell you this is like the most perfect dog <laughs> but <laughs> But, um, you know what, the problem, I don't know if this is counted as people, like I might be sort of part of the problem in one instance, it's like since the coronavirus um, situation, we're not able to go out as much as we used to, and mm -hmm. so we're stuck in the house a lot, and so I have gotten a little creative with things to do with Danish indoors, but I feel obligated to take her for the boring walk around the neighborhood because I feel like she needs to go out, even though I'm not allowed to go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. But so I'll take her out for that little boring walk. Um, I, I like relish the thought of, oh my gosh, we really need to go today. I needed to go to the mall. It was amazing. Danish was smiling the whole time. <laughs> she was so happy. I was happy. And you know something, um, we hadn't been to the mall in about a year and a half. Sure. And I got to the escalator and I went, oh no, what do I do? I forgot. I froze. 
<laughs> I absolutely froze going, I'm going to do this wrong. I know she can get hurt. But Danish remembered what to do. So that was good. My perfect dog. She remembered. <laughs> so I'm the one that's not so perfect here. Okay. And, and the other problems I have related to dog issues are all people problems, mm. not, not Danish problems. So okay. there you go. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. What about you, Annette? What has been the most difficult difficult thing for you as far as Ginny? Um, I think, you know, y'all have hit on some of it is the, um, you know, the, the, the packing everything up, the, you know, the making sure that you've got everything, the food. I was thinking about, you know, um, y'all talk like you forget the food all the time. Well, I forgot it one time. And she got pissed off at me. <laughs> and I was like, I won't ever make that mistake again. No, I will order a hamburger. I won't, I won't ever make that mistake again. She got really, she didn't want to work. She was like looking at me like, Mom, where's dinner? <laughs> Two hours past dinner time. I won't make that mistake again. Uh, some of the other things is like, you know, for me, it was the extra time in the morning, you know, the, the getting up and, um, you know, taking her out to let her do her business, feeding her. Um, it was that such a simple thing, but the time Mm -hmm. was, was difficult for me because I'm an early, I'm an early, I'm a morning person, but it's like, I'm always just pushing the limit on like on the time. And so just adding in that extra time, you know, for me was a, was a difficult thing. Um, she's very dog distracted. And so that's been, that's been really hard because it's like, we go out running and she sees a dog and, you know, Christy, I, you know, when you said she, you know, Reba almost pulled you into the lake. Mm-hmm. I mean, times where Jenny pulled pulled in front of me aiming to my right going after a dog Mm -hmm. yeah and so I was like oh my gosh and the other thing that's really frustrating for me is like so so you go out and you've got this guy dog and you know supposed to be well trained whatever and she's dog distracted and so you have this guide dog that's supposed to be trained lunging after this other dog or misbehaving. Yes. And the little proof yes. dog is just sitting there. Yes. And I always feel like mortified, but I always feel like that the person is looking and saying, and that's supposed to be a guide dog. Look at right. That. Yes. Total <laughs> shame. <laughs> there. So it's like, for me, I think that's, you know, hard um just the packing up um there was something else that y'all said that I thought oh yeah the traveling the Mm. traveling it's like sometimes I think oh I if I didn't have Jenny I could do just a carry-on yeah but (laughs) it's like by the time I put all her stuff (laughs) in a suitcase it's like (laughs) oh shoot (laughs) You know, yep. there's no, no space for my stuff. So I've had to do, you know, I have to do, you know, the, 
the checked bag now, even yep. if it's just a short flight for, you know, a weekend or whatever, it's still, <laughs> you know, it's still a checked bag because there's so much stuff. And, um, yeah, going from always having, you know, a different purse for every, yes. outfit, now I have yep. a different backpack for every event. <laughs> so I have my work backpack and my gym backpack. Which, by the way, I left on the bus. Oh, no. So I can get it back. <laughs> you know, my church backpack, my work backpack, my play backpack, my running backpack. Yeah. Huh. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. But that's some organization to have that many backpacks. <laughs> well, you know, and I did it. This is why I did it because um, I was trying to change stuff from one backpack to another. And I never knew where anything was. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I never knew where the small items that I always have to have was. I never knew where it was at. So I was like, well, if I just get a different backpack and I keep my <laughs> right. work stuff in the work backpack and then I have a couple that are just like little day packs if I'm just going to go out and go downtown, uh, you know, and then I have a couple of nicer backpacks if you know for church or dress up or whatever and it just made made life easier mm -hmm. for me having the right. different different backpacks to you know so that I could put her stuff and my stuff and you know absolutely yeah I agree so the biggest reason I asked this question for the listeners and for everyone here obviously but it's because we often, as guide dog handlers, get the comment from folks saying, oh, I wish I could bring my dog to work every day. Or, oh, it must be nice to have your pet with you every day. <clears throat> and the bottom line is, is yes, they keep us safe. Yes, they're amazing creatures. Yes, they do so many good things for us. And it can also be a pain in the butt. It's also, you know, when you want to get away from everyone in the world, including your guide dog, it doesn't happen. <laughs> you don't get to get away from everyone in the world. And it's or just... You, you don't get to just go buy a gallon of milk. You have to stop and answer all the questions, which uh -huh. don't get me wrong. I love educating people. And cool. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are going to be educated by this podcast. And I have no problem educating people. However, some days I don't want to talk <laughs> about my dog. Exactly. I just want, I don't want to hear that he's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I now just you wanna, know how the Kardashians feel. I just want to get a gallon of milk. <laughs> we are the Kardashians. I know. <laughs> the dog-ashians. The dog-ashians, yes. So, yeah, it's not all blissful and wonderful. There are so many amazing things, except for Danish, of course, who's perfect. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always, there's always something else. And so now I want to go around and I'm going to go totally rogue and start with Christy on this one. But what is the, since you spoke up about the people, when we have our guide dogs, what is one of one or two we can maybe go into? We could talk about this all night, so everybody, please understand. But one or two things that's the hardest for you to navigate with the people and your dog and yourself. What is the, some of your pet peeves? What are the maybe top two pet peeves of yours with people interacting with you and your dog? Um, whew. uh, the biggest pet peeve I think is them 
is people constantly trying to communicate with my dog. Mm. Um, I think for the most part, being a veteran guide dog handler in my area, um, for the, for the most part in my circle, people have gotten to the point where they don't, they don't pet my dogs, <laughs> but I still cannot get people to stop talking to them or just <laughs> communicating with them. And I have come up with creative signs. I have, you know, it all goes back to, to educating and it's not that I'm a jerk. It's just, I, I can't, you know, when, when people talk to them, it distracts them and people don't <laughs> understand like, well, they're just laying there. I'm just, you know, they're the the mm-hmm. kissing the the hi puppy oh you're so pretty you're so pretty please don't do that please <laughs> please don't do that to people my favorite are the people honestly the people that just say that's a beautiful dog yeah thank you move on yeah. like that's that's all you know and I think that that's the most respectful thing to do you notice the dog you talked to me and we went we went on. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't have exactly. to be a production of, oh, you're so good. You help mama. Yes, you do. And I just, <laughs> and I, and then my poor dog is, is looking at me and I'm telling him, ignore, ignore, ignore. Oh, yes, you are. You're getting in trouble. I'm sorry, but you're so cute. You're just... oh, my God. I got to get away. I got to get away. So that would be my biggest pippy. I would say the other one is just the. The misconception that um, I, don't, I don't really know the, 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 the discrimination, I guess, is, is what really bothers me. That, you know, my dog is somehow a second class citizen or, or whatever. Like, the, you can't bring that dog in here. You can't have that dog in my car. You can't have that dog. When my dog is cleaner than me, like, my dog, <laughs> yes, he sheds, oh, but you no. know what? To be honest, I feel like people shed just as much as dogs. If you look it up on whatever, mm-hmm. we can go into how much skin people shed and how much hair you shed as a person. So, mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's be honest here. So when people, when when so much of my time goes into the thought and preparation of bringing him into public, because it is a preparation thing, we do prepare them so that they're looking their best. They're clean. They're groomed. They are, mm-hmm. you know, they're not rolling in the dirt. They are pristine, ready for whatever. And to be told, like, I, I can't have that. It, it's very frustrating. So those are my okay. two pet peeves. I don't remember the rest of the question. No, that was perfect. Perfect. Yeah, your two pet peeves of, of people around you. Uh, Barb, let's go to you. Well, okay. So I agree with Christy on, you know, people that don't, uh, you know, I, I've had a, tried to take a taxi out of the taxi stand at a Port Authority try, to try to get to an airport, and one after the other refused to let us in. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure it was against the law, but I didn't have the time to argue with them. I needed a cab to make my flight, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I agree with that one. As far as strangers that come over and... Um, for the most part, I noticed that people are much more educated than they used to be. Um, they, in the beginning, I had more people coming over. Now, less people do come over and ask. Um, they'll ask me, "Is it okay if I pet the dog?" And I'll say, um, "You're not really supposed to." And they'll say, "Well, she's beautiful," and walk away. I get that a lot. And there are people that are ignorant and don't have a clue. And I go with the flow. 
you know, I don't let it really bother me that much. But um, what bothers me more are people that I know mm-hmm. that react poorly to the dog. Um, and I, I have to drink some water because I'm about to cough. So maybe, can I finish this in a couple of minutes? Yeah. Okay. Um, Annette, what is your biggest- oh, um, Actually, I'm okay oh, now. You're okay <laughs> now. Okay, back to you. <laughs> I had to take a little drink. Neil brought me tea. He's so sweet. Um, Neil, so, take some cookies. Thank I was you. just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, we don't want baked. Neil's cookies. Uh-huh. I don't think he's baked them since Guiding Eyes. <laughs> oh, my oh man. They were amazing. So um, anyway, um, what bothers me is people that I know that don't want Danish around. Um, like there are some not close family members, but family members that'll say they're terrified of dogs. And would you please not bring Danish? Now, Danish is me. If if you don't want Danish, that's fine. I'm not coming. And that's the way it is because I don't function without her if I'm going to a place that I haven't been before. And I won't go without her. And um, that bothers me a lot. Now, these are people I know. And I've got other friends that claim to be allergic. And um, so, therefore, I don't see them anymore because... I can't go places with them because they're allergic to Danish. Um, now, I don't know how allergic they really are, but they think they are. And I, I respect that. And, um, you know, although, you know, these same people have been around my other dogs in the past without being allergic and other friends' dogs without sure. being allergic. So I'm not quite sure um, what that means. I really don't get it. But I've had um, you know, I have less contact with certain friends and that kind of thing bothers me. I don't know if you want to put that in the co- podcast. I don't know how relevant it is, but those no, are the two. Perfect. Those no, two because it, really... I think it's important because it gives us a sense of isolation when we get a dog, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes. Well, in that way, in that, in that way, way, it does. And, you know, on the other hand, I've noticed that in public, people are so much more positive around me and toward me and Danish and Neil and anyone that I'm with because Mm -hmm. of her. Um, Whereas people would have ignored us in the past. They come over and start talking and chatting and they're thrilled to tell us their experiences. And, you know, sometimes you're in a strange place and you don't know anybody or you're waiting in between flights in an airport. And it's nice to have these positive contacts and very few negative contacts because anyone that's a stranger that doesn't like dogs they'll stay away they're Mm -hmm. not going to come over and say oh well i don't like guide dogs you shouldn't be here no because it's a public place you know it's different when i'm trying to go into um a place that won't accept her but i i haven't i have had that experience yet i've gone places i you know i where i mean i remember one funny experience i went into (laughs) Uh, an Italian market. It was like a deli counter where they had fresh food. My, my friend wanted to pick something up. Can we just go in there for a minute? Sure. And of course, Danish comes with me. The woman behind the counter was so thrilled to see a guide dog that she said, can I please give her a piece of turkey? I said, I don't know. Nobody feeds her. Please. I, she had fresh turkey behind the counter. And she just... I, she, 
She gave me the turkey to give to Danish. This dog was like in heaven. She sat, she lay down, <laughs> strolled up. I mean, anything, I'll do any tricks. I mean, she was so happy and the woman was thrilled to see that happen. I walked into a bank and they came out with a camera. Can we please take pictures? We want to put, we want to <laughs> put you in our newsletter. And that happened, we took a tour at um, Tesla in California and they made Danish her own ID tag and they took photos and put them, put her in their newsletter as well. So, I mean, that's the kind of positivity that I see mm -hmm. because of her, which is exactly the opposite of the question that you asked. Now, now <laughs> newsflash, I will say, going back to Pet Peeve, based on what she just said, not every handler, this is what I get from people, not every handler is going to give you the response that you want. I've had people say, can I pet your dog? No, I'm sorry, he's working. Well, I know this other person and they let me pet their dog. You're a jerk. <laughs> so that so I, was I that other person, Christy? No, <laughs> but I'm saying I'm saying because if someone asks to, if someone asks if they can feed my dog, every time I'm going to say no. But people need to understand just because somebody let you feed their dog, that doesn't mean that you now have the right to feed everybody's dog. Mm-hmm. And I think people just, they assume that, and, and that's a misconception. It's a, it's a pet peeve of mine with people that, you know what? My first dog had allergies and she couldn't eat. Not that I would give it to her anyway, because I'm pretty strict about that, but not every handler is. Yeah. And so people just, okay, that's all you need to say. You don't need to be like, wow, this handler let me feed their dog turkey every day and or whatever. <laughs> not you. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> That well, only think, happened once. <laughs> and I think that goes to the point of, you know, this whole podcast is we're all humans in different ways. Just because all five of us are legally blind, we're entirely different. We have entirely different sight levels. We have entirely different experience with guide dogs and we have entirely different rules with our yep. guide dogs. Yep. And so the listeners, yes, you may hear that there are five different experiences. And so hopefully you take that to a broader spectrum and say, just because these five people did or did not do this doesn't mean that these next five people that I meet do or do not do this. And mm -hmm. so that's the piece. It's like every individual is different. Our site is all different. Everything is different about us, even though you can lump us into the same group. And so I think that's important. Um, Barb, the other point that I really wanted to take home from, yes, I think your experience with your friends and your the people who know you is important because and especially with all of us on here, we've all lost sight since we knew each other and we will all continue to lose sight. But the loved ones and the friends that are closest to us still remember us when we had sight. And so if you are out there and you have a friend who is losing sight or any type of um, sensory, anything, you know, it's important to know and treat them as they are now and not like, oh, Barb used to be able to come to the party without a cane or without her dog or so she should be able to come now. But it's it's seeing us for where, where we are now in our lives and the, the changes that we've had to make in order to, to live our lives. And so I think that's the most important piece of that. It's not that your friends or your family, this and that. It's that we're all going to be changing and to have people accept us for where we're at and the tools we're using to stay safe and well. So thank you for that. Okay, Annette, what is one of your biggest pet peeves um, about um, people? Well, let me, let me speak to what you were just saying about the, how, you know, friends and family knew you when. Mm -hmm. um, my best friend um, just recently, I've had to tell her a couple of different times, 
I know that you don't realize this, but I am losing more vision. Mm. And so it's like, they still perceive me as that, you know, as that person that used to be able to do this Mm -hmm. or that used to be able to do that. Like, um, you know, when I go to their house, um, and I know this is totally off topic, but when I go to their house, uh, I ask them, you know, when they're serving up food, I ask them to get my food out because I can't really see to get the food out. Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, that's off topic, but <laughs> biggest pet peeve. Um, I guess one is the people that, um, either, you know, do the baby talk and then they say, Oh, well, no, no, no. I wasn't really talking to the doc. Yes, you were. And she's smart <laughs> enough to know. She knows, and that's a distraction. You know, mm-hmm. that's a distraction. And, you know, the people that want to do the drive-by petting. Oh, mm, yeah. You know, they want to pet just, just a tiny bit. And then if mm. it's somebody I know, I'll say, you know, please don't do that. But if you'd like, I'll take the harness off and let you pet her. Oh, no, no, that's okay. Then, yeah. then why bother her? you know why aggravate her if you don't really want to pet her you know or the people that feel entitled the the adults that feel like they have the right to pet my dog I just can't resist you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh I know I'm not supposed to pet her but (laughs) or that get pissed off when you tell them they can't Mm -hmm. you know it's um then the other one is, well, how did you get that? What did you do to get that? How can oh. I get my dog trained? Mm. And I finally, I wasn't a very good representative of the blind community, but I finally said to one lady, put your eye out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Raise my, my glass. Raise my glass. Or the people that say, oh, well, I really want to get my dog trained to be an emotional support dog so that I can take it everywhere. Uh-huh. No. I just, no. and y'all know me, I can't hold back. Oh my God, <laughs> I hurt my tongue when they say that. Because it's like, what do I, how do I, how do I respond? And I don't know. And it's like, I just have to say, oh. Please don't. Okay. That's what I say. <laughs> I, I just like you know um i i just don't know how to be respectful throw and, acid in your eyes go for it you know, <laughs> just, um, isn't it weird i mean why do people want to take their dogs everywhere that's my biggest question it's like it's really kind of a pain to have a dog with mm-hmm. you all the time mm-hmm. and so when people say that to me or they you know it's like they bring their dogs to lunch outside or whatever it is it's like why i don't understand it's just a hassle oh y'all haven't been to portland that's for sure everybody no. brings their dogs and their everywhere. cats and everywhere i know but i still don't get it i i i know it happens it happens in oklahoma city much more especially in california when i'm there mm-hmm. dogs everywhere i i just find it much more satisfying to not have to handle another <laughs> person you know yeah, animal absolutely. whatever it is I guess but. I guess the other thing is when people want to argue with me about not having a sign on mm. her mm-hmm. you know they want to tell me oh you don't have a sign on her 
you need to have a sign on her so that people will leave her alone. And I'm like, well, my response to that is I don't mind educating, but I've heard through my other friends that are guide dog handlers that it doesn't really work. And I don't Mm -hmm. mind educating, but if I put a sign on her and people still bother her, I'm going to be a smart ass and I'm going to, sorry, and I'm gonna say you know I'm blind can't you read (laughs) well oh yeah I I have the sign and it yeah I always say the hardest is the sign and on the harness it says guiding eyes for the blind so there I mean that is the sign exactly Exactly. there's not there's not a guide dog out there that is not harnessed with some type of handle Mm mm-hmm so but that's educating you're right all right patty you're up what about the people okay so my biggest pet peeve is with my beautiful friendship group and i love them more than anything but they love truffle so much they always take her side you know (laughs) oh it's okay if she licks me no it is not right yeah she's not a pet she's she's oh it's okay she got up no it isn't no 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 and they are always like having an excuse for truffle and so i've really (laughs) had to re-edge i mean now they're like okay i'm like when we sit down no one touched my dog but i mean they're they're taking up for her and i get it but because they see me get a little anxious making sure she's down and Mm -hmm. not bothering and all that stuff but yeah then she's fine she's fine she's fine she's fine i'm so sick of that is like that is my biggest pet peeve she's fine she's okay she's okay well no she really isn't or i would not be addressing anything (laughs) exactly so i think think the biggest thing for those listeners out there who don't understand this if we don't correct them they start losing their skills and so i think that's the biggest lesson with the humans out there it has nothing to do with you It has everything to do with our dog staying trained. And if we let them army crawl across the ground to go pick up food, or if we let them, you know, lunge towards dogs or lunge towards you because you're doing your kissy face, then that it reinforces that we don't want them. I mean, that that we don't care. And so I think to the people out there is we have to maintain the training of the dog has nothing to do with you. It's nothing personal. It's we have to do what it takes to train our dogs so that they continue to keep us safe. And that's the big piece around it. Right. And then when you do do that training, people, you know, you felt like the big ogre in the group because <laughs> you're, you know, being mean to the precious little truffle. Oh, I'm the know. mean mom for sure. All she wants <laughs> is a little attention, you know, you know, so anyway, that's probably the most difficult for me is exactly what Christy said. She's fine. Oh, she's good. Oh, she's mm-hmm. fine. It's okay. She's licking my jeans. It's cool. <laughs> it's like it isn't. She's or when you, piggly, or when you don't. Wiggly. I my friend. My favorite yeah. is when you don't notice it. Like, and someone says, "Your dog's cute. She's licking, or he's licking my right. shoe." And I'm like, Psh. Well, I, "Yeah." <laughs> and I they're like, "Oh." It's okay. I'm like, no, it's not. Right. <laughs> I like, never know. Oh, no, it. I just oh. got the dog in trouble. Yes, you did. Thank yeah. you. Oh, right. The most embarrassing, the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me 
was I was at church and somebody came up to, you know, give me a hug. And, and, uh, then all of a sudden their hand was on Jenny's head. And I was like, Oh, please don't, please don't pet her. I know that Susan, which is another guy dog handler at church. I know that she has handles, you know, her dog differently, but I, please don't, please don't pet her. And the lady was like, um, I wasn't petting her. I was redirecting her head. She was trying to sniff my crotch. No, no, no. And then I made Jenny do puppy push-ups to say, no, we don't do that. We don't do right. that. And yeah, so, yeah. Working shoes is the sniffing. And I think she's only done that that time because from mm-hmm. then on, it's like, yeah, we're, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wonder what the, what the psychological effect is of like wanting like needing to pet the dog well i don't I, think with i mean her, every, I don't, because what? everyone wants to pet the dog i don't really understand what what the satisfaction in, is of touching a strange dog you know what i'm saying well, in that situation the lady really was just trying to right. get jenny's head away but in general you know what i say that um dogs turn people grown adults into sniveling idiots worse than babies Mm. yeah yeah definitely um for me it's probably a combination of everything y'all have just said um i'm gonna echo probably what we what we complain about most which is uber and lyft drivers (laughs) um and that is how many have left us, how many have denied rides. For me, it hasn't been denying the ride. It's the cancellation of ride. When I'm like watching them tick down, you're 10 minutes away, five minutes away, four minutes away. Your ride will be here. Please be outside with your mask on. And then all of a sudden it disappears and there's another ride coming up. Your ride will be in here in 10 minutes, five minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what happened to the last driver? And we've all talked about, you know, them getting either creative or not and just completely denying us rides. Um, But I think that is the most stressful for me because of the fact usually I am going to a meeting. I don't usually use a lot of um, Uber or Lyft for dinner parties or anything like that, but it's always a meeting or a speech, a presentation, something that's important that I have a deadline and I, it reflects on my ability to do my job and who I am because then I'm the stressed out person and I come into a meeting or a presentation more stressed out and it's not because of me it's because I had a call two or three lifts to or or ubers I've had it happen with both groups um, to in order to get a ride and um, I think that's the most stressful for me um, and the most frustrating thing for me that when people are taking advantage of the service animal emotional support animal situation is those of us who are trying to you know earn a living for ourselves and have guide dogs or service animals then are are then punished for it and so i think that's one of the biggest pieces and then people talking to her and making the noises absolutely that Um, because she loves people and she will respond to it and so then I correct her and then (laughs) I feel like the jerk the bad mom the (laughs) the strict mom but again she if I give her an inch she'll take a mile as as she is Um, and so that piece for me Um, 
So wrapping up, what is the one thing in, you know, a sentence or two that you would tell our listeners out there um, about a guide dog or about educating or about whatever you want, anything out there, what would you tell in like a sentence or a sentence or two? Um, let's start with Barb this time. Um, huh. Well, I don't really know. Why don't you uh, go on to someone else? And if okay. I think of something, I'll let you know. Christy, what would you say? One or two sentences. Well, the first sentence I will direct toward anyone who's listening who might want to look into getting a guide dog. Hmm. And I would say, um, be, be open to learn. Let, let the dog teach you. I've learned so much from each of my dogs. They teach me, each one of them has taught me something and I think bettered me as a person, as a handler, as a visually impaired person. So I would say that. And then I would say to everyone else, just think of how you would want to be approached in public. And most of the time, us handlers, we're, we're just like you, and we love to talk. And we these dogs are our kids, and we love to talk about them all day, as you can tell on this podcast. We will share stories all day, all night, endless. And so just maybe talk to us and not the dog. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you might get more information. You might get a better reception. And you get a little bit of education along the way. So it's, it goes back to Emily's six-year-old question thing. I mean, it may not even be a six-year-old question, but it, it sometimes, yes, I know I brought up, I just want to buy a gallon of milk. But. Nine times out of 10, I, I love answering questions and I love that a lot more than can I pet your dog and oh, hi, you're so cute and all of that. I I would much rather either say beautiful dog and move on or just ask me questions and we can talk. I love to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that, what would one, two, one or two things you would say to people out there? Um, be respectful of us and our dogs. Um, they are, you know, a mobility aid for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you wouldn't go up and um, start talking to and petting somebody's wheelchair. <laughs> and the other thing is, you know, there was an, an article on um, Facebook the other day that, you um, somebody was saying you know all these different things and it was like oh would you talk to somebody's would you do those things to somebody's child Mm. you know think about it in that respect would you try to force a parent to um you know here doesn't your child want this hamburger no he can't have a hamburger right now Mm -hmm. oh but but you know and so I think you know thinking about you know just being respectful because it's you know it's about our safety it's not that we don't want you to pet our dog Mm -hmm. it's not that we're being stingy (laughs) it's that it's about our safety and keeping our dogs working Mm -hmm. absolutely all right Patty what would you think well, I, I would maybe say uh, education is key, I think, for people. And I believe it's happening more and more. And maybe 
it's because I have my dog with me, but um, just education of, you know, the extraordinary ability that they bring to people with visual impairment mm -hmm. or whatever. And then the other is don't please like pretend your dog is a service dog when it isn't mm -hmm. because it is, you know, it's made it difficult like now i just flew for the first time since the germ i call it the germ pandemic <laughs> and you know there's more paperwork to fill out now mm -hmm. they need a license and it's all due to you know uh the the mass expansion of support emotional support animals and the uh the fake, the fake licensure and all of that stuff. So, but people don't understand is, is that they want their dog with them all the time, but because of that, it inhibits people from having ease to negotiate in and out of various buildings, whatever it is with ease, because now people are up in arms. Mm -hmm. due to the overuse of the emotional support animal. So Absolutely. that's probably what I would say. All right, Barbie, you ready? Well, I mean, I agree with what everyone else said, um, but I guess the one thing I would add is that I feel like people need more tolerance and understanding. You know, they need to take a look at where we are and see how important these animals are to us and to our lives and to understand the type of training these dogs have had and try to be tolerant of us and our dogs and accept us and allow us to function just the way anyone else wants to function and you know not treat us differently and, you know, and I'm speaking to the people that don't want to let us into their restaurants or that don't want to let us into their cars or, um, you know, anyone that will say, well, you can't come here if you're going to bring your dog. Mm -hmm. um, and that can go to all aspects of life and all kinds of people. Um, tolerance and understanding, I think, is the key. So, Absolutely. And... I think I'll follow up with, um, you know, that tolerance and understanding and, you know, anyone can join the disability community in any capacity at any time. And so it may not be visual impairment, but it may be hearing impairment or deafness. It may be mobility. There's all different things and all of you able-bodied folks out there can join us at any time. We, we don't discriminate and we're always welcoming. <laughs> um, and so to think if you were in that situation, would you want to be treated the way many of us are treated? And this isn't a depressing thing. It's more of a hopefully bringing awareness to our situations. It's uh, bringing awareness to all of us five women on this podcast want to be independent. We want to be able to go on a walk. We want to be able to go to New York. We want to be able to hang out with friends and not be so dependent on the humans around us. But with these dogs, we are able to be independent. We're able to do things that we were able to do before for some of us and weren't able to do before for a lot of us. And so that piece of, would you want your life to look like that if you were to experience a disability? 
And then just to echo um, Christie's, one of my biggest experiences since I've had a guide dog is people don't remember me as the human. They remember my dog, which she's amazing. She's wonderful. She's beautiful. I love her to death, but it really sometimes I wish they would remember Emily and I'm the human versus the dog because I feel like I'm secondary to them. Mm And though I love her to death, I, I want to be recognized as a human. And I am doing whatever it is that we're out doing together. Um, and, and along with Annette's, Annette's uh, comment of she's a tool as much as she's a living dog and she gets spoiled to death at home. She gets to be a dog at home. Every single one of our dogs is a normal house pet at home and they get to have fun and play and do all those things. But when she is working with me, she's a tool. And I'm not trying to, what is it? Not dehumanize, but de-dog eyes. I don't know what it would be. (laughs) Her, but that's her job. Her job is to keep me safe. And she's a tool that I'm using. And we get to be dog and human when we get home. And so just keeping those things in mind, um, I think are my biggest things. So yeah, Emily, I'd like to speak to that, what you said about, you know, the, um, they, they'll speak to the dog yeah. and walk right past you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like, wait a second, I'm standing here. Thank you for speaking to the dog that you're not supposed to speak to, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm blind. Are you? <laughs> exactly. Are you too blind to see the human? And I know it's, in, it's different. It's, it's uncomfortable for a lot of folks who haven't been around blind people before but we are human and we want to feel as if we are acknowledged as well. And I think that's what people don't understand. And a lot of times they'll talk to our dogs way before they say, if they say anything to us. Um, and so it, it becomes like you, you're invisible, even though you're right. out being independent again on your own, finally, for maybe for the first time, maybe not for the first time, but it's just, you don't want to feel invisible. Just like no, no one wants to feel invisible, so. Or what happens to me if I'm with someone else and they're asking a question about me, they mm. will ask it to the other individual for which I'm with. And I'm like, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, why are you addressing it to the other person? And it's truly because they don't understand. They know I can't see because of the dog, but I still can hear. And, <laughs> exactly. you know, they, But they don't understand. I think it's just a lack of education. And that's why, Emily, you're doing such an incredible thing for our United States of bringing it to people's attention. I think the more education, and and I've seen it even just with me around Oklahoma City, people understand more because they're around it now. Absolutely. You know? absolutely well thank you all for being here i wish you all could be flies on the wall in our conversations on whatsapp (laughs) but this is just a glimpse um i hope this brings the humanity to five people who are legally blind and just who have become great friends and a great source of the good days and the bad days and we are able to just join together and be us and that's been amazing. And I know we've all shared that on the podcast. I'm not on the podcast, on the on the app together. So I'm so grateful for all of you, grateful for all of you. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you all soon.
Thank you so much for joining me here today at Human Is My Label. Don't forget to subscribe, share this with your friends, families, and coworkers. Get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, include everyone, and push yourself to be better every day. If you're interested in coaching or corporate training or learning more about RAPID, visit us at rapidorgan.org. That's R-A-P-I-D-O-R-E-G-O-N dot org. You can find me at emily.purry on Instagram and all my other social handles are below. Have a great day and I can't wait to see you next week. Thank you.